Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment today at one of the two Lexington locations at Wellington Way or uh, over on Blazer Parkway, not far from the Fayette Mall. Now it's it's a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Uh gosh, that this reminds me, I need to schedule my dental cleaning. Uh <laughs> regular dental checkups, they're important. And you get two a year if you got dental insurance. So go to justicedental.com right now. Go see Dr. Justice or Doc Thompson. They can't wait to see you. And I'm sure Doc Thompson can't wait to talk to you about this football game. Because Kentucky, they did it again. Ten wins for the second time in four years. The Cats took down Iowa in the Citrus Bowl, 20-17. to 17. Uh Drew, there there was never a doubt, right? Never a doubt that Kentucky was going to win this football game. Not not once did I think Kentucky was going to lose that football game until the second half when it most certainly looked like Kentucky was going to lose that football game. But uh, we were given some late-game heroics. Uh, this is now, what, twice in three bowl games. It's come down to a final play. So Kentucky's really made bowl season fun, and this one's special. I, I had a blast watching it. Unlike that previous game, too, uh, I – I did not have moments of doubt when Lynn Bowden was in the game. Freddie, I will admit that I had some moments of doubt because uh, a few times when you looked around at the defense, you were seeing a lot of numbers you didn't normally see, and Iowa was seemingly running the ball at will. And the Kentucky offensive line, they were filling in for Dare Rosenthal, and Will Levis didn't have much time to throw. Things were not looking good, Freddie, and I admit that I was, I, I was very worried when I went down to the sideline for the final five minutes of the game. You know, bowl games for me are stress free uh, because I, I just think it's a, it was a tremendous accomplishment to get there. And I watched the whole game from my normal chair. I didn't even go outside. You didn't go to the porch? No, didn't go to the porch. Didn't go to the bathroom. Didn't clean my house. I actually watched the game. Uh, and I was just really proud of that football team. And, you know, the great John Schlarman's saying for the team, that win was a Mark Stoops culture win. I hate to sound like Tebow and the other dudes on SEC Network and not talk X and O and talk about passion and all that other stuff. <laughs> but, but it really was, man. I mean, and some plays jumped out at me that fits for the team. Rashawn Lewis block is one sprinted 60, 70 yards down the field to get a knockdown for, for, uh, uh, for Wandell to get to the goal line, the, the Wandell catch, just Wandell in period. Uh, and then moving Kenneth Horsey from guard to tackle and he had his struggles, but they, he played okay. And that was a tough matchup yeah. with uh, Van Beck of the camp. And that, that was tough for him. And then, DeAndre Square making the game-saving interception on one leg. I mean, there are just several moments uh, that that what Mark Stoops has built personified in a game and a result of the of the game. And I was just very proud and, and very happy for for that defense, especially. Uh, you know, you said it earlier. I had to get the roster out on my phone just to just to find some names to make sure I knew who was in the game for Kentucky. Just think about this, uh, Drew. Kentucky was down three of its starting linebackers, four of its starting linebackers there in the second half, and, and still managed to get two stops to, to win the football game. Numbers that jump out at me, and the numbers don't paint a picture of Kentucky winning this game. 2.6 yards per carry on the ground. That, that is uncharacteristic, but 
Iowa was very tough up, up front. Yards per play, Iowa was almost two yards more per play than Kentucky. It was their highest and, and of that, the year. It was about like yeah. one and a half past yeah, their but, best but, of the year. But when it mattered, that defense held Iowa to four out of 11 on third down. Again, that, that's just tremendous coaching and development, especially by Amar Stewart and those young defensive linemen. I was happy for Trayvon Ripka. I was happy for Drew's guy, Marquand McCall, who played really well against a great, great center. So just a, just a culture win for the Cats. I got to say, that uh, that final block by Rasan Lewis, it looked like uh, a young Charles Walker out there. That speed, I mean, fleet yeah. of foot, just laying his body out. That, that, was, that was a Charles Walker type play. You know, when 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 you're when the game's on the line, and someone else has the ball, who's going to make the play? Rashawn Lewis did that. Did that exactly. <laughs> I really, it's and I, sometimes I notice those right away. I was honestly just watching Wandale, so I was uh, I didn't even notice it until after the game. I'm on Twitter and I'm scrolling, and you know, someone, one person found it, then another person found. It. I'm going, that is it's pretty unbelievable, and I mean, that's that's one of the reasons that you know we're looking at first and goal from the three versus first and 10 from the 20. So uh, that's a, that's a big time, you know, game play. And I think it's awesome. It was yeah. only the second best block on that play. The, mm-hmm. the invisible man that blocked Riley Moss into the, into the bench <laughs> over there. That was a Talk pretty about good block too. Poetic justice, poetic justice. It was a, a rough, rough day, rough week for, for old Riley Moss. Um, I'm not sure when I left the field, uh, it was weird. He was still down on the ground with his legs all tied up. I, I don't don't know if they ever got him back to Iowa. I was just looking at those pictures and noticed when Wondell's crossing the end zone, he's 20 yards back, still tangled up. Like how how did he not get untangled before Wondell got to the end zone? Oh man. And that was so perfect too to just give, these bowl games, it feels like every time there's some, there's one little thing that happens. Now, the belt bowl was different. It was a big thing. But there's always something where this team's got a chip on their shoulder. And just days before the game's played, they found it. Uh, and, you know, that they hear that. They listen to it, and they love it. Uh, Bully, he brought all of his bowl rings to the game just ready for a moment like this. <laughs> as soon as that trash talk happened, he brought his bowl rings to the team outing. He even brought him into the locker room. He went to the post-game interviews, and he had all of his bowl rings. He's like, you know what? Got room for another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, Bully's obviously my guy. I can't go one podcast without bringing him up. But also called DeAndre Square an early favor, uh, favorite of mine early in his career, and uh, – you know, I, I don't know who put it out first, but the story of Bully being the one to tell DeAndre Square that they need him at the end of the game, that, that hit me right where Jesus lives right there. Those are my guys. <laughs> yeah, he said he was on the sideline. And uh, it, to your point, Freddie, Kentucky was down to the, the two linebackers in the game. You had your top three out, essentially. Yeah. You were left with De'Aaron Jackson, who tore his Achilles in April whatever it was this spring. It's just a marvel that he could play. And then he went and played every single snap of that game. And then Martez Thrower, a true freshman, yeah. playing in maybe his fourth game. I think they they, they held him out enough to, to keep his red shirt. Guys that just hadn't played a lot in that – the way Iowa plays in particular, where you're using fullbacks and the tight yeah. ends, they're getting a lot of targets. It puts a lot of stress on that position. And it, it, it showed when they were out of the game. Those yeah. tight end screens, Freddie, those were tough yeah. to, to pick up. And, and that, you know, they took advantage of Kentucky's inexperience at that spot. Yeah, and then Iowa averaged close to six yards per uh, uh, carry on the ground. And what that does when you have a fullback and you have multiple tight ends, as, an, as a linebacker, that is a different run fit. So you're, you're different keys when you got a fullback back there and that's the first time Kentucky's really seen one for extended uh, plays was against Iowa. So not only is thrower new to to to, to big time football, but he's new to this fullback coming at him. He probably has never seen a fullback in his life. 
Right. And here he is having and that throws off your run fit. So yeah, I mean, just that that the guts, man, determination and everything. And, and Brad White's a star. I say it every time we're on this podcast. But to to hold Iowa to a touchdown less than its season game average in points with that lineup that he had to throw on the field, just a tremendous, tremendous job by that defensive coaching staff. And they did get some help, like Drew said. Uh, Square was on the sideline. He he got some medicine. He was trying to just like, man, I, I want to go back in there. And Bully just came up to him and grabbed him by the pads and said, snap out of it. And yeah. just like that, he's like, that's when it clicked. That's that's exactly what I needed. And almost immediately, he comes in and makes the play. And, well, it's funny, too. He said, you know, you got to be able to run without pain. Well, he ran without pain on the sideline. Well, jogging on the sideline, a little different than getting in the game. But you know what? He gritted his teeth. He chomped on that mouthpiece and was in there for a tackle for loss on third and one with Trayvon Ripka. Both made great plays. That happened almost immediately. And that was – that was the glimmer of hope that that led to that game-winning drive. And then yeah. Square Square ends up making that play. Um, he got a lot of help from Yusuf Corker, one of the other seniors who – I mean, really, they were just down to three seniors in Carrington Valentine. It was Bully, yeah. it was Corker, and it was Square. Those were the only guys we came into the season knowing were going to be impact guys. I guess, you know, Jordan Wright, you got to throw Jordan Wright in there too. Four seniors, the rest, a bunch of inexperienced guys. Corker gets the blitz. Um, and Ribka, he does a good job of drawing two there to free up Corker. You get the errant throw from the quarterback, and Square makes a play on the ball. I think that was his first career interception, too. Uh, Drew, going into this game, how much did we talk about turnovers? And Kentucky ends up picking off three passes. They had only picked off six all year. And committed zero turnovers. Yeah, all the pro-Iowa talk was uh, forcing turnovers and all the negative Kentucky talk was uh, giving up turnovers. Obviously, that was our biggest concern of the game, but it was awesome to see Kentucky being the one that make the plays. I got a little disappointed in the offense. I thought they'd put up better numbers if they're not turning it over. Uh, they had us pretty concerned there at the end, but as we've discussed in that final two minutes, they really stepped it up. I just love how we keep getting these storybook endings. You just mentioned it was – Corker, a senior, was square, and you had Wandell break the record and Rodriguez punch it in. And even two years ago, you know, you have Lynn Bowden throwing. It's like uh -huh. Kentucky somehow has all these magical moments and uh, <laughs> all these – they're so much bigger than football when, when they have these big games that really comes into it. It's almost magical how some of this stuff happens. Oh, Drew, yeah. I'll add another one to that. Mark Logan, he, this is before you all were born. Uh, Mark Logan scored a touchdown against Wisconsin and the Hall of Fame ball with a broken leg. He had broken his leg during the game, and Joker Phillips pretty much carried him into the end zone to beat Wisconsin. So it goes back a long way, man. Yeah, you got Josh Allen, his Citrus Bowl stops, Benny Snell breaking the record back in 2018. They're really doing a good job making our jobs easier. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> which was even funnier because Brad White said that Square came up to me and was like, listen, if you can – you can." you know, get me to not drop back. That would make things easier if you can just avoid those calls. He was like, I'll do what I can. And thankfully he didn't keep, he didn't make any promises because uh, <laughs> Square dropped back right into that zone, got that interception uh, to, to seal the game. Uh, Wandell was going nuts. He like sprinted down to the end zone to celebrate with the fans. Jordan Wright was blowing kisses to the crowd. Vito was throwing L's down. Uh, Charles, I don't think Vito's – I think his hands are just permanently stuck with his L's down. So someone else said that that was standing for 365, 24-7. I, I don't know. He came down like a freaking firework on that first drive, <laughs> laid his shoulder into him, you know, was all jacked up. And then I think he got to the sideline five seconds later and was like, ah, you know, that actually hurt a lot. And now that I don't have all that adrenaline – my left, my right shoulder is completely out of its socket. Um, I, I thought it was a great game. I, I'm kind of withdrew. You know, I, I thought the second half, um, I don't know, maybe we tried to get a little too sexy on offense. We get the ball down into the red zone uh, by giving it to Wandell and Chris, and then we'd get down to the 10 or the, the 20 and 
try these double reverses. And, you know, again, you can't say much because, you know, Liam Cohen's a genius and he's put us in the, the a 10-win season. Um, but it was – it's a different story if, you know, we don't have that game yeah. and drive and win. But we did. So why, do I, why am I even bringing it up? I don't know. I guess I'm well, in a negative mood today. Because – but it, it is worth mentioning that Kentucky was this close to just – blowing the doors off of them it was kind of like that was gonna happen maybe that's what i wanted well it was like the missouri game where you had a chance in that missouri game to go down and score a touchdown right before half to go up what like 28 to 7 or something like that or Mm -hmm. 35 Mm -hmm. to to take a huge lead and really kind of just end it there and instead you had a fumble in this case kentucky they're getting ready to score uh, before half, they've got to settle for a field goal, have a third and goal from the two, and don't punch it in. And, and then you get gifted an interception with just over two minutes before half in yeah. Iowa territory, and you thought, oh, man, we'll score here. And then you get the ball at half. If you go up 24 to three, like this game is over. Uh, yeah. But in short yardage situations – UK was unable to convert in the uh, the question I had for Stoops after the game essentially I, I think in a lot of those short yarded situations they let it be a read because of just the way the Iowa defense was playing and Iowa was not they were trying to take away Chris at all costs uh, and it worked for I know one of those third down conversions that Levis had it was kind of like an old school Benny Snell where he's just in a pile, and then all of a sudden you see Levis pop out. Uh, but that wasn't always the case. They got stuffed. Levis got stuffed. Another time you had the Jatah McLean play where he was stopped short, and you're just thinking, God, what the hell is McLean doing? There? Just give it to Chris. And that's why at the very end, Chris said, I wasn't going to, I was taking the ball. <laughs> I was taking the ball no matter what. And he got hit right away. He, he wasn't supposed to get the ball because the defender was all over him. But he didn't care. He just threw the dude down and ran into the end zone. It was it was a hell of a, of a run there, Freddie. And uh, it was pretty cool yeah. being right at the corner when Rodriguez crossed the pile on. I bet. You know, you, you could say the same thing about Iowa in the second half as you could Kentucky in the first half. Uh, while Kentucky, you punch it in there a couple of times, you're up 24-3. Different ball game. You're forcing Iowa to throw the football, and it's a less physical game, and you're not going to have – injuries and things you can play pass defense in the second half right in in the in the third fourth quarter Iowa had a chance to put Kentucky away and and didn't do it Kentucky defensively stood up yeah so you know it, it was a tale of two halves if you look at the, the game as a whole uh, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our guy John Summerall come back to mm-hmm. coach DeAndre Square in, in the ball game you know and this isn't a coordinate well he's a co-coordinator but, you know, this is a position coach mainly and a co-defensive coordinator. And a head coach at Troy decides to come back. That's that for the team saying and focus that I think that, that just defines this team. And I think the 2021 Cats are going to go down as one of the most likable teams that Kentucky's had. It's a 10-win season, so, yes, it's going to stand out. But this is a likable bunch of guys. I mean, just a bunch of fighters. So I, I think that comes into play as well. You had Darren Kennard, a consensus All-American, didn't have to play. He plays. Wandale, we don't know if he's going pro or not. He plays. I mean, it's just a, a very likable team that really won over this fan base. The Big Blue Nation traveled well, was loud, was a factor. And it was just, like Drew said, just a feel-good moment for not only the football program, but for the university and for a state right now that's hurting it was good to have that distraction on Saturday. And, and you know, Drew mentioned Bully kind of snapping Square out of it. Square said part of it, too, was looking over the sideline and seeing Chris Oates there, you yeah. know, and he's in his power chair. And it's like, dude, I got to – he can't play, so I have to. I've got to find a way to get in there. Yeah. And he went in and did it. And another thing, too, that, you know, we, we've mentioned the kind of fun parts of it, but – for Wandell and Levis, Drew, those guys had only known losses to Iowa. They had struggled at their previous stops. They come to Kentucky. And there's another storybook where, hell, Levis said after the game, he's like, I was in a dark place. And now these guys are 
living their dream right in front of their eyes at Kentucky. Yeah, it was all too perfect. Throw that onto the list of storylines. Their uh, their past with Iowa, Wandell being 0-2, Levis being 0-1. Uh, I, I still wanted more of that offense, but that last drive, how was it? I think Robinson had four catches. I mean, after you couldn't figure it out all day, just when they needed it most, those guys start finding each other. Then the throw to Magwood just barely off. Oh, uh, Magwood, oh man. Too, but mostly back to Levis and Robinson. I mean, when the team really needed them, that you're kind of the two faces of your program this season, they found a way to get it done with some pretty incredible plays. The, the other so, – go, go on, Charles. Go on, Charles. Well, I was going to say, can we add this to the storyline? And this is up for discussion, but tell me why I think, number one, is going to be suiting up again next year for the Kentucky Wildcats. Can we add that to the storyline? Wandell Robinson returns. Well, uh Fans were chanting one more year, one more year, whenever he was getting the Citrus Bowl MVP honors. You know, the thing is, is now there's an actual, like, with name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he can make as much money as he would make from a signing bonus as a fourth-round pick. Maybe not a third-rounder. And I I think if you get into that third-round territory, you're much more confident in your ability to make a roster if you're a third-round pick. Uh, last year's 14th receiver taken was a third-rounder. That's currently where the athletic projects him as the 14th best receiver. This is seen as a deep draft class. One other part of the equation he's got to factor in, they normally evaluate 450 players to get drafted. Because of su- super seniors, that number's blimped up to 650 potential players in only 250 spots. So there's yeah. a lot of people vying for those same spots. And I, I think that the one thing that we don't uh, often consider when we, we think, well, what about injury? You know, like Freddie, Wandale can't I, – I don't know if it's possible to even have a better season than Wandale had this year, numbers-wise, just the amount yeah. of production. But there's also, I think, a value in – it's got to be pretty fun to catch passes from Will Levis instead of, yeah, you know, whatever the potential unknown is in the NFL or what he was doing before he got here, having to play goal line fullback in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Name, image, and likeness is, is going to come into play. Let's just be honest about it, and it should. Now, whether Wondell decides to go to the NFL – or return to Kentucky. I'm happy and proud for him, and I wish nothing but the best. So I'm going to support him and be all for him regardless. But there are also some things that he could, you know, what else could he do as a college player? Well, he could be your feature full-time punt returner because that's going to be a role that he could play in the NFL. Also kick returner. And, 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 and you know, he broke the, the season receptions record and passing yardage record and, and, you know, everybody says, well, about Craig East. Well, that was a gadget offense that the SEC had never seen before, ever. I think one – and taking nothing away from Craig East, he's a great – all-time great. That what Wandell did this year is the best year I've seen a Kentucky receiver have. And, and I go back to the 70s. So, I, you know, I don't know before then. So, you know, you can come back that he is so beloved – and has such a good spirit and soul to him that he could come back and make a lot of money from name, image, and likeness, work on his return game a little bit, have more fun with Will Levis because that is a lot of fun. And then it would be great to have him, him being Wondell, show uh, Dan Key and those younger receivers how to work. Because what people see about Wondell Robinson is on the field on Saturday but they don't see how hard he works, how hard he prepares in every facet of the program from nutrition, sleep, uh, strength conditioning, practice, walk through the the entire deal. He is completely bought in, and I think he could come back, make a a lot of money in name, image, and likeness, work on a few things, and then see what the draft is. It's not going to have all the super seniors that you talked about, Nick. I think that's going to factor in this draft. Right. I mean, it's just – and it's also considered, you know, I haven't done my deep digging yet, Freddie, but yeah. the the 
from what I was told and what I've heard some people say is that there's a it's a pretty deep receiver group too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to just – people crap on the quarterbacks in this class a lot, but apparently there's a lot of receivers. So, um, yeah. I, I'm not going to rule out one more year of Wondell Robinson. I can't believe I'm at this point, Drew, because I thought without a shadow of a doubt that we were only – we're going to be lucky enough to get one year of Wondell Robinson. I was going to be happy about it, but now we're here and there's actually a, a draft decision to be made. I've actually been confident in a return all year only because NIL and I think it might get crazy. I could be wrong, but I think this is really a chance for Kentucky and its supporters and their excitement to really <laughs> put some money behind NIL. Now you're right. If he is a third round projection, I think he'd have to go, but anywhere else, I think it's a comeback. However, I think the bowl game might have put him up in that third game projection. Well, so as much as we loved how good he looked, he did it on ABC in front of everybody, and now his draft stock's hotter than it's ever been. Right, right. And I just – I don't know, does does that bowl game do more for nil or does it do more for the draft? Like, I don't know. We're, we're in a whole new territory. Um, I will the say answer, with – The answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. matter. But also, I mean, we – Listen, I don't think Riley Moss had any bad intentions on his comments. I just think he was just being yeah. whatever a, a, a college student. But one day, Riley Moss has leave, left the, the Citrus Bowl to go to the Senior Bowl, you know, or is going to the Senior Bowl. This is an All-American that Wondell Robinson had ten catches, one hundred and seventy yards against. So, uh, yeah, that that that's a big evaluator, much yeah. like Marquand McCall. It was a big evaluation game for Wondell. How great was the uh, bully balling up Linderbaum on that fourth and short? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Linderbaum just snapped when... it right into his butt. <laughs> what about when bully blew up whatever the center on that false start and just <clears throat> right away just blew him back? I went, oh, probably not supposed to do that then. But, you know, he made up for it. If, if, I, don't, if... I don't think this really got out there, but – Bully posted on his uh, Instagram that night pictures of his room, and he had pictures of that guy everywhere. Uh, he said it was personal for me. He had he had posters of the Iowa Center all over the place. I don't think he ever really talked about that, or that was known. That's awesome. Like that's how you that's how you know you're focused. And you know what? Yeah. If I'm gonna fall start by God, I'm gonna fall start harder than anybody's ever fall started. You know, like yeah. same thing with Fallon. You know, if you're gonna get, they're all the same. I agree. You know, if you're gonna foul, foul him hard by God. I don't think it's funny. You sit there and you watch it, and typically when there's a D lineman that goes off sides, you can kind of think, well, hey, you never know. The tackle or the guard might have flinched a little bit, and that's what caused it. They went to the instant replay, and they showed the slow-mo, and I just kind of went, I don't think that that center did much to to, to ask for that tomahawk back, but uh, it goes. We're going to have some more draft decisions too, some more transfer uh, decisions. Um, I, you know, there's there's no timetable on those. Um, we but Luke Fortner does not have an eighth year of eligibility. He will not be returning as a thirty year old center. Uh, Josh Pascal did say, you know, like, but it's it, I'm I'm moving on. Uh, it was unfortunate that he wasn't healthy enough to play. He really wanted to, uh, but he was just a, a little too banged up. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez is the big one because his whole, even going back to last year, he never even considered leaving early because he was, his plan was to graduate. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the first college graduate in his family, but that was always a part of the plan. Um, and he's on track to graduate this May. He's not a big individual accolades kind of guy. Uh, he had his ninth 100-yard rushing game of the season. That's a new UK school record. And he finished, I think, just about 25 yards shy of having only the fourth 1,400-yard rush season in school history. And if he comes back for another year, Freddie, he's only 1,100 yards away from breaking Benny Snell's record, a record that yeah. we thought was – I don't know if untouchable is the right word, but that was going to be – that was tough for Benny to get there. Um, and now Chris, if he does decide to come back, he he could surpass uh he could surpass his predecessor. Yeah, and he and he had three games that that were not very not very good as far as production wise. Yeah, so Georgia to, and to be at fourteen yeah. being at fourteen hundred is, is is a really good number for Chris. Uh I th I think he comes back. Uh 
probably because of the evaluations. Uh, you know, he had the fumble issues early. He's cleaned that up, which is good to see. That, but, that those but, fumble issues, they really ding, ding you on that. Too. Yeah, te- teams will want to see a full season of ball security. Uh, so I, I think Chris comes back and you know talk about load management now with him. I think Kentucky did a good job with him this year. Yeah. Didn't overly work him, and then now with McLean and 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 Lavelle Wright. I mean, you got two dudes that can go behind you. So uh, yeah, I, I think. It'd be probably a smart move for Chris to come back, and he's another name, image, and likeness guy that I think could have yeah. a big offseason. That's true. That that is a hundred percent true. One other player I wanted to mention, Dare Rosenthal. He did not play in the bowl game. I know he was injured, um, and that was part of it. But I also think there could be some like opt out kind of stuff there. Don't know if. Uh, don't know if we're getting Dare back, but Freddie, I wanted to ask you because I think outside of Horsey, outside of that speed rush that got Horsey the first time, I don't yeah. think he looked that bad elsewhere. But I, you know, I, I wasn't watching his play close enough. Yeah, can you are are you confident enough with Horsey being the full time left tackle, or do you do you want to go get somebody no. else? Yeah, I, I think he'd go get somebody. Or, or you know, what's concerning to me is Flax came in for a series or so. And then just it wasn't working. Yeah. And then DeAndre Buford, I don't know if they trusted him enough to put him in. So for me, that's a that's a red flag that something they're in need of a third tackle. And I, I don't think Kentucky had a third tackle this season, which is rare because Kennard played so many snaps. Horsey situationally played tackle when he had to. So uh, I don't just by what's transpired transpired this year. I don't think Kentucky has a true answer at left tackle. Maybe we'll have to go out and get one. Right. But we're also forgetting about Keontae uh, Goodwin. Well, and, and that's, you're certainly going to give him a shot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think too that that ideally Keontae is the third tackle next year. I mean, yeah, Wayne and Young is the only one uh, you know true freshman playing tackle all year that's worked and. You know, Wayne had had a lot of growing pains, and I believe he was even a redshirt freshman. Is that right? No, no, he was a true. No, freshman. he played as a true freshman. Yeah, but yeah. like that—that—that that, that would be asking a lot of Keontae right away. Yeah. Ideally, you could kind of ease him in. So um, that's something else to keep an eye on as we as we go through the transfer portal stuff. Uh, but you know, we don't need to get too far ahead of down. You know, into the off season because there's nothing like just the confetti falling i've got some stories that i want to share from the field right after this there's nothing like being on the field after a big win another 10 win season and i don't think we can beat the drum hard enough charles like 10 wins the significant a 10 win season is just not something that happens around here and now it's 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 twice in four years. Incredible. You know, absolutely. And, and especially you look at the start of the season and, you know, we all thought this could be the year we win the East. And then you go in, you play a, you play a decent game against the best team in the nation in Georgia. And they kind of stall your season for three games, including that game. Uh, but you come back, you fight. And like you said, you, you end in a 10-win season, a historic season again. Um, and to what Freddie and what everyone has alluded to already, you know, we did it without four starters, seniors and or transfers that are older. Um, and, and we're playing guys, you know, I was watching it with a couple of buddies that didn't really know Kentucky football. And they'd say, you know, who is that? Typically, I can say, that's this guy. He's this, <laughs> he's this year, uh, this, he's 24 um, he's from this part of town. I went, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is, but he just made a great play. Uh, <laughs> at, at the receiver position, you had Chris Lewis, a true freshman, playing his most snaps of the year. Uh, we alluded to Magwood earlier. Man, I really – that would have been a great momentum-building catch. Um, and he even had it. He jumped a little early, but he kind of just floated in the air. He had that ball just when he came down and hit the ground. It juggled it a little bit, but – I think he's going to be a player, you know, and, and he looks good in that ten. So, I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be good next year. He does year. Look, look good in that ten. If he would have just spun, if he could have spun a little more in the ball, yeah. 
like the ball hit the ground first instead of like his butt or something. Um, but that was a, a great play. Katie McDaniel, dude, was in the transfer portal playing in his final game as a Wildcat, and he played a lot. Um, you know, he he had a couple hurries there that put some pressure on Petrus. He was pretty emotional after the game. Uh, there was a lot of emotions down there on the sideline. Mitch Barnhart, uh, Drew, I know we like to give Mitch a lot of grief, but Mitch is at his most – like we see Mitch in these press conferences, and he's just – well, we got to do the thing. And he is, he'll just put you to sleep. When he's on the sideline, he's getting rowdy. He's getting after it. I thought he was going to like shake Greg Sankey after. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I obviously wasn't in Orlando to see him there, but I've seen him at other games and at basketball games. And he has energy that I think if you know Mitch or just watch press conference, you wouldn't believe he has. He really gets into those sports. I'm sure he does it for all the secondary sports too, but he might as well be in the student section painted up sometimes he gets into it so much. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of, Drew, uh, I love the videos of you on top of the bar at KS Bar <laughs> and Grill. Uh, well, it was a big moment. I was feeling myself, and a guy happened to stand up at the right moment, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to jump on his stool and – Lead a catch chant, standing right above his food. Hope he doesn't leave a bad review. Oh, man. There's nothing like a reading like a big cat's chant, too. Oh, that yeah. feeling, oh. I had already felt out the room on that drive before the score with just a little blue, you know, yeah. get my white from the other side back and forth. So I, I knew I'd get a rowdy response. And like I said, when that chair opened up, I it's probably the most athletic thing I've done in five years. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Drew, no. The most athletic thing you've done in five years was before the pregame show. <laughs> Drew was walking and somehow missed the sidewalk and pirouetted, or however you say that, into the air and stuck the landing. It was the most athletic move I've ever seen from Mr. Franklin. Yeah, Freddie was sitting in his car as I went to unlock the bar, and I knew he was back there, and I slipped stepping over a puddle and narrowly ended up in the bushes. <laughs> I think Drew's most athletic moment at the bar was before we opened when we were uh, doing some last-minute touch-up painting and uh, might have ran into the – what do you call those things? The, the lifts? Yeah. Split my head open. I had to spend the night in the what you, yeah. emergency room. Yeah, that this, was – This uh, is fun ranking all my unathletic moments and calling it <laughs> I appreciate this, guys. <laughs> oh uh there was another so the thing that's beautiful about the citrus bowl trophy too is it's full of it's it's full of citrus uh and i love that anwar stewart too he was being mr (laughs) like i've been there done that before and so you know he's already talking to some of the other guys like oh man this trophy's so heavy you know you gotta watch out It's, it's hard to carry and all the seniors are up on the stage and he's yelling, Marquand, Marquand. And, and he's got bullies just up there. We run this. We run this. And he finally gets bullied to calm down and uh, throws him uh, an orange. And then naturally everybody's got to get a bite out of one of those. And Drew, I think the odds were minus 1,000 that Levis was just going to take a chunk out of it, peeling off. Yeah, Levis could have surprised everyone by actually peeling the orange and eating it regularly. But uh, with his with his history of uh, weird ways of eating food and drinking coffee, I think we all knew that orange was going full bite. Uh, there, there was some real sweet moments. William Cohen, I like I've never seen him so fired up. He was just like, like I, it was the kind of like high fives that like hurt your hand. You know, he was mm. dapping up people, giving them big hugs, and I. I think part of it was because he's, you know, he said in like the kind of press conference stuff after the game, he's like, we have sucked all year at two minute at like, at all those late game moments, end of half, end of game. We have just been so bad and they finally got it. You know, that was their, their, their capstone moment uh, was to be able to end the game with a two minute drive uh, to really put everything together. He was fired the hell up. And then once he kind of cooled off a little bit, he found his his wife and, and newborn, who I think is, you know, about six months old or so. He was born right before the season. 
and you know had the big long simba kind of embrace and big kiss it was <laughs> it was so sweet there's so many kids down there on the field and they all got those big uh like headphone things on you know that to, to protect their ears it's just hilarious you know it was so cute so sweet square and pascal and rodriguez they were taking pictures with everybody you know fans in the stands uh people on, on the field uh outside of the stadium um uh, you know qb1 he he was he was partying with with the fans out out in the tailgate lot you know like it was just a hell of a celebration and that's that's the kind of you that, that only really happens after the bowl game because the season's over and it's just like a wow we we did it and and Kentucky I I think there were there were times in that three game losing streak where you're like oh no where's this thing going and for them to still make history it was uh it was a uh, it was a wonderful wonderful moment there was a lot of emotions uh you know you saw them from John Summerall. You saw him from Chris Oates. It was a it was a very special way to to ring in 2022. Yeah, we can put all the the grumblings of the Mississippi State Tennessee losses behind us because uh, I'll take a ten win season and a Citrus Bowl victory just about every year. Drew, do you do you know when the last time Kentucky or Tennessee won ten football games was? Uh, I'm gonna guess Peyton Manning was quarterback. It was. One, two, three, four, no, four, four presidents ago, four, four presidents ago, four presidents ago, uh, 2007, 2007 was the last time they won 10 football games in a season. I think they've had five coaches since then too. So almost as many presidents as coaches. Uh, but I think that we could say that the next step is, Kentucky's been significantly better than Tennessee for quite some time, but beating them consistently, like Charles, that's how you go from that. That's taking the next step is, is not, you know, you might have one game a year where, you know, this it's, it's tough turnovers happen. You're on the road, but having that second one losing to Tennessee, that's, that's the one loss that, that if you take that away, then you're, in New Year's Six territory, you're finishing top ten in the season. That's when when you can really take things to another level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I think it's not only that it was Tennessee. You know, you, it could have been anyone else, but it just seemed like they were hitting their stride. You know, right when they were going to play us. And again, we were coming off two losses, and we're playing a newfound Tennessee offense that is putting up crazy numbers. And you know, that game we were right there right there and the pick six killed us in that Tennessee game but still with all those obstacles a couple plays and it's changed um you know like Drew said I think 10 wins in a Citrus Bowl championship over a good Iowa football team you tell all the fans that's what it's going to be like this year people are going to be pretty happy um I just think Stoops has done a great job and you know what I think Oh, Liam Cohen and uh, Brad White maybe got a little bit of a payday. Yeah. Um, through I guess incentives or their contracts or. Oh, they earned um, it. They they got they got uh, pay bumps. So uh, yeah. Uh, starting with the new year, Brad White will be making one point four a year. Liam Cohen will be making one point one. They uh, they're getting paid the the going rate for kick ass SEC coordinators, and that's seven figures. Uh, Kentucky's in that territory now. Uh, they've reached a new height and Freddie is somebody, I know you were in the building for a while. I like that Stoops mentioned in the post game. Cause it's not something that you think of until you, you go in there and you see it, but they've ran out of room in that trophy case. Yeah. It's unbelievable. That trophy case has grown so much. Uh, but you know, recency is how a lot of folks think about this football team. And one of the reasons, that I think that this team is so beloved and will go down in history as being so beloved. The last two games of the year, you beat the snot out of Louisville <laughs> who, as an underdog. And then, uh, you know, <clears throat> Iowa was a really good football team. At one point in time, Iowa was ranked second in the country. For a lot of uh, the season. Yeah. yeah so, so that's a good – that is a big, big Ten division champion, the West division champion. I mean, that, that is, that's good football. So to beat Louisville to death 
and then beat a very good Iowa team with so many personnel issues. This team is this this team's going to go down in history as one of the most loved. Oh man, so great! Just it's so much. Two hundred forty-two days till kickoff. Man, which basketball game will they bring the trophies out? The Citrus Bowl and the Governor's Cup. Uh, Tennessee is at home next Saturday, so that feels like a feels like a good time to do it. Probably sold out, Rupp. It feels like a good time. I think they'll be back in class or back in school by then too. You know, a lot of these guys get to take a break. So, uh, yeah, that, we'll, know, we'll know some decisions by then too. It might impact who's, who's uh, out the, there. The applause some guys get. Oh man. <laughs> How great would it be too if if Wandale went all Leo DiCaprio and they like gave him the mic and Wolf of Raw Street? I'm, I'm coming back. <laughs> That'd be right, a great Nick, way to announce. Nick, set set the odds right now. Which player carries the the Citrus Bowl trophy out as the team comes onto Rupp Arena's court? I think based on the last month, it's probably Bully, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to take. He's gonna I, like. I say Levis. I'll take Levis. Oh, going with the quarterback, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you all see that Justin Rigg has played in sixty-three college football games? <laughs> Amazing! My goodness, <laughs> it's like an NFL career. That's <laughs> <laughs> six seasons in the NFL. That's amazing. Hey, listen, he did not get enough credit on the Rodriguez touchdown. Oh, yeah. Rig, that was a great block by him to seal. And, and I think Rodriguez actually hit him in the back and pushed him into the end zone. Yeah. But he, Justin – Chris that picked was him up big off time the ground. Block. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time block there by the tight end. Yeah. Uh, they, they did get do a good job getting the tight ends involved early in that scripted yeah. stuff. Uh, probably missed out on some of it down the road. But, uh, Rig, that's a dude we don't talk about enough. Ruffalo, that's another guy we don't talk about enough. He's going to end his career, Perfect. I think – Third in field goal percentage, I want to say. He's the third third most accurate kicker in Kentucky history. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So uh what, what do you call him, Charles? The Italian meatball, spicy Italian yeah. meatball. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Uh Abule took a shot at the specialist when he was down there. You know, we're, they're getting ready to go to Top Golf. And we're like, so are you a you a top golf guy? And he's like, Oh no, I'm not a golfer. And he's like, well, who who is good? I don't know. Probably the specialists. They got all the time in the world. <laughs> and then he proceeds. I, I see him line up to swing for the first time. You know, he's taking his time. And dude, he blasted the ball. I mean, <laughs> hit it a country mile. And Drew, you know, you you've seen these bad golf swings from athletes. Like, if his drive looked better than mine. I was shocked. He, he's over here being humble. I'm not a golfer. My ass. Like, come on. That was freaking a boo. So, so if, if something goes crazy and the Ryder Cup needs the Kentucky football team to represent America, who are our golfers? Uh, John Young. John was, Young, for sure. He was like aiming to the net. Like, okay, how? what's my best way to hit it over the net? <laughs> I did, I did like, too, that uh, – Jagger and Wallaball, like they're, you know, two peas in a pod, like, you know, coming in at the same time. Jagger's over here trying to just like chip it in the short one and Wallaball's like, what a loser. Like, that's not the way you win. You just hit it as hard as you can and you hope it goes in the back end thing. That's how you win. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun being down at the Citrus Bowl. Um, but as Stoops always says, these games are a lot more fun when you yeah. win them. And, uh, Drew, I know some people, I'm not going to point fingers or name names of anybody on this podcast, but some people were smart enough to visit mybookie.ag as soon as the lines were released before it crept up to Kentucky minus three. And if you got them at minus two and a half or minus one, like the line opened up, you would have been a big winner on Saturday playing mybookie.ag. Or you could have been like an idiot like me and betted at three and get the push. The hey, push is always a win. A push is always a win, and you can always win at my bookie. Use the promo code KSR when you play. You're going to double your deposit up to a thousand bucks. 
MyBookie. You can play anytime, anywhere in the world with MyBookie.ag. And just because that bowl game has come to an end, you can't bet on the Cats anymore to cover, um, which has just been a joy to bet all year long. Uh, we do have another bowl game. LSU has 33 people, I think, on their football team for a Tuesday night bowl game. Uh, no quarterbacks on the roster, scholarship quarterbacks, I should say. That'll be hilarious to watch. And uh, we've also got the playoffs right around the corner, and I think somebody might be visiting some home playoff games. Uh, well, so I, I can't get too carried away, but someone has tickets to every potential home playoff game, assuming the Titans win a couple. Huh. Are you – what's our it's scale? Me. Like nervous, excitement. Where, where are we right now? Um, a, a, excitement is probably 100 because yesterday a very good source – said Derrick Henry could have played yesterday if that game mattered. Mm. So we will be unleashing a fresh Derrick Henry on the NFL after a bye week. Wow. Uh, you gentlemen that uh, play the, uh, the, the the gambling game, uh-huh. what, what do you think about LSU at plus three and a half? <laughs> they don't With have any players. players. They don't – now, granted, I did do this with Ohio State, Utah, and Utah, man, they really, they really blew that one. Uh, had, yeah, had them on the ropes. That Rose Bowl game was nutty. Uh, I did but a they lot still of covered. reading on this. I did a lot of reading on this game earlier because I want to have action on it. And I could make up my decision, make up my mind. I took the under just because I don't know what the heck's gonna happen when you have thirty-six players. That's a good. That's a good way but to. But Kansas, it. Kansas State has everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're going in full strength. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Oh, man. We've got that bowl game. It'll be very we- interesting for me to watch. And we- <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you there. And uh, not yeah. that we mentioned the other sport, <laughs> but it could be a two-loss night for LSU if Kentucky basketball starts the night with, uh, with a win. <laughs> Is it at Rupp? At, uh, that- at Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. And fans are staying at the basketball arena to watch the bowl game on TV or something crazy. Huh. Ooh. That's weird. Yeah. Um, there is another big bowl game. Chuck, Alabama kind of embarrassed Georgia last time. They're going to do it again? Uh, you know, that's that line opened up at Georgia minus two and a half, so Georgia's favored. <laughs> and, you know – I made the mistake of riding with Georgia in that championship game and thinking the whole time, don't bet against Nick Saban. I, John Mechie's out. I think I'm going to roll with Georgia. I don't know. Mm. I just think I just think that ba- the, the SEC championship, Bama had everything to gain. Nothing to, well, everything to gain, and Georgia already knew they were in. I just think Stetson Bennett, and, it, and again, that championship game, Stetson Bennett made three or four bad plays that cost him the game. He played great. I mean, unbelievable against Michigan. And yeah. I thought Bama looked good. Since he looked good, but Bama obviously is better. So, yeah. I might might just be an enjoy, uh, enjoy the game with no wager <laughs> on it this year. Freddie, you were not, but Bennett. maybe. I'll, yeah, I owe Stetson Bennett uh, an apology, and I owe the Georgia people an apology. I just did not expect him. He played great against Michigan, and they just wore them out. Uh, so, I, listen, I was wrong. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Um, Alabama-Cincinnati was was about like Kentucky against New Mexico State. I mean, you know, Bama, Bama didn't show anything at all. Uh, you know, ran the ball all the time. You know, the receivers out. They tried to shorten the game but just advanced. And they just toyed with Cincinnati, and, and that was a that you know both games were lopsided. Uh, I think the Georgia speed overwhelmed Michigan. I mean, it was obvious, even with Kentucky and Iowa. Kentucky was the faster team. Oh yeah, uh, and that's just big team, big ten SEC. The the uh, Iowa but, journalists but, sitting next to me, Freddie, were just marveling at Kentucky's team speed. Yeah, yeah, but but the Cincinnati Alabama thing that was just a mismatch. Man. It was a pretty happy new year when I was just 
winning bets, fading every other team. I may have had a little too much fun. It's a good time. It's a good time down in Orlando. I am getting too old to do that, though. You know, party the one night and then go work a football game the next day. Man. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a ball out. You didn't you didn't miss much in that football game. Um, but the Kentucky football season, it's sadly, it's sadly come to an end. And yeah. Man, it, it's it is bittersweet. Like you had this great way to end it, and now we've got to wait for more. But the good news is that we we got plenty of great memories to reminisce upon from this season. Uh, Drew, do you do you have any like when you think back? This might be a difficult question to answer, but when you think back on this season, is there one moment that's going to just really stand out above the rest? Uh, the, the Florida LSU back-to-back was insane. And I know, you know, they both fell apart as their seasons went on. You can't convince me that wasn't a good Florida team. I think that was the beginning of their collapse and then falling apart and Dan Mullen's ending. But uh, I, those two weeks were just unbelievable with the unknowns ahead. I mean, we didn't know they'd go on to win the Citra Bowl against Iowa. So uh, I guess those were mine. That's two of the best environments I've ever seen at Kroger Field. People forget that Waka Faka. Uh, walked out with the team before that Florida game. <laughs> yeah. And at the uh, LSU game, I enjoyed finally returning my my water bottle after uh, how many years? 15 years? Finally, I'm really glad I got to get that back to him. Power Charles, bottle, excuse me. Charles, that, uh, the Trevin Wallace block six is going to be one of those unforgettable plays. But mm-hmm. that Wandale play in that game, that Wandale touchdown, that was – you could argue that that was the most impressive individual effort of the entire season. What 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 play jumps out to you? You know, I, I immediately, of course, the Citrus Bowl and, and that play against Riley Moss because it is poetic justice and, you know, it, it is the most fresh play in my mind. Um, when you asked that question, you know, Drew said Florida LSU. Those two came to mind. Uh, the L stomping comes to my mind too. You know, I was at that game. I think I'll always remember that as we had a good year. Scott's tots was doing okay. We're somehow not favored against this team. And we come in and just never miss a beat. And that stadium was filled with mean Louisville fans that were idiots. And I got to sit there and bask in the glory for what three and a half quarters. And we actually got out early because getting in was such a pain. Um, I don't know. I think those are the ones that come to my mind off the top of my head. Freddie, it's um, it's getting fun doing this job and, and following Kentucky football because uh, it's hard to, to pin down just one um, because we, yeah. we have seasons that are so much fun from start to finish that, hell, time kind of flies by. Yeah. For me, it was the block kick against uh, – who was that against? Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Pascal blocked the kick, and Trevor Wallace scored. To me, that was that was the foundation of Kentucky football, passing the baton to the future of Kentucky football. And Trevor Wallace sprinted to the end zone, and uh, for me, that was that was a fun play. Um, so yeah, man, what a year! What a year! And you know what? I think the moving forward. The greatest part about winning these bowl games too, Drew, is you stack that up, that 10-win season, on top of your best recruiting class in school history. You've got QB1 coming back for another year. The future is bright for Kentucky football. Future is very bright. And throughout this show, we named several players that had very little experience. And then because of the bowl game and the situation, you got guys playing on ABC on New Year's Day making plays that will just give them confidence going into the spring. You know, guys didn't play all year. Uh, we're past just wanting to get to a bowl game, but we used to talk about how important it was just to get that extra game to get practice in. And now you're just seeing guys making plays that are the the future of Kentucky football, new names a lot of people hadn't heard before that day. So add that to the recruiting class, all these returns, which will include Wondell Robinson if we can find enough money for him. And it's going to be a fun 2022. It's going to be 
a fun 2022. It's been a fun going along the ride with all of you all. We appreciate you listening to the KSR football podcast. I don't know when we'll be back next, but we certainly will. We're not going to take too long off. We're going to take a brief hiatus. I know if you need more weekly Kentucky football talk, uh, Luck and I, we're still going to be doing uh, 11 personnel year-round. Uh, Kentucky football, it's a year-round experience. Uh, but, man, enjoy this moment. Relish in another 10-win Kentucky football season. And as always, go Cats and go Kroger. And peep the technique. Sweat the technique.